Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Nerddom on a five-year mission, but we've only done it for three years. So where we go, we're no we were, nerd. We were canceled before we got to five years. Has gone before. Right here, Captain. Nerd is the new sexy Big Boss episode. <laughs> Hello everyone, I'm Wildfire One. And this is Nerd is the New Sexy. Why are you laughing down there? What what is your problem, man? <laughs> <It's> busted up. <laughs> this is that's how you know this is gonna be a great episode. Oh okay, I'm good, I'm good, I got it, I'm good. Okay. With me, with me today is Sophie Stone. And also with me is I can't I can't do this. Okay. And today this is episode one hundred. This is a milestone for us. As we've been talking about doing this. We've been talking about a special obviously if you guys don't know what we're talking about, especially from the opening, you're watching the wrong show. Yeah. Star Wars. wrong podcast. If you don't if you don't understand Star Wars. What? Where's Han Solo? <laughs> Chewbacca. I'm Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Uh, we're talking about Star Trek, obviously, and we love this. This has been a long time coming. We've been talking about. We've had a lot of people ask us, "When you do the Star Trek episode? When you do Star Trek?" Well, guess what? Now, right this second. Yeah. Sorry that I'm not dressed up. I couldn't find my doctor's tunic. I had the blue one. Had it ready, and I. Between episode seventies when we started talking about this, and now I've, I've lost it because I moved and moved in and moved around. So it's okay. It's somewhere you can that? still be a doctor. You're just you're just off duty. Yeah, I'm just I'm just off duty, which they never go off duty. They have the worst civilian clothes in Star Trek ever. We'll talk about that later. Kirk's probably, Kirk's probably the only human that could ever take on anything. On. Well, no, no, Riker did. Oh, Riker. Yeah. And Cisco did. Cisco did as well. So did Cisco. Yes. Cisco so, actually took out Midia Klingon. But we'll, let's go ahead and start from the beginning. Let's start from yeah. the first series. And, you know, Gambit asked me a very important question earlier about how political, how far down we, do we want to go down that rabbit hole because the original series got pretty political. Um, Super political. But we'll, we'll mention a little bit. We're not going to go too far down that rabbit hole. Uh, well, Gene Roddenberry openly stated that he wrote each race specifically as a different time uh, in human history. For instance, Klingons are a warrior culture race that's, that's harkens to like the Japanese or maybe the Vikings or, you know, very warrior race-like. All the races, he, 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 he designed them specifically to have the goods and bads of all the pitfalls of, of that said society. And that's how he was able to write in the politics of the show because he wasn't talking about America and, and the things that were going on in the, in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, obviously, the show's been running for a very so, long time. So that make Frankie's Jewish? I mean, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? So at the beginning. So the beginning. Right at the beginning, right. In his, his genre. His, in, in the original Kirk. Not the new Kirk. Right. The original Kirk, which, uh, fun fact, that only had uh, 
for as big as the show became and as big as the show was, it only had 80 episodes, three seasons. That's it. Well, three let's seasons. talk about the first episode, the pilot, where it wasn't even Kirk, it was Pike. Yes. That was a Captain Pike show. was held prisoner and tested on by aliens. Um, yeah, so, and that's, I mean, that's how it always started. Which there's a giant episode just about Pike in general. I think they didn't want to do Kirk. I'm not sure, though. I wasn't around that time. Like, I didn't... Well, so, I think you know they a little more They didn't pick up the that. pilot. For some reason, they didn't like they didn't like uh, Scott or Jeffrey Hunter who played Pike, and there was something about the whole vibe of that about the pilot that the the the, the, uh, the, net, the network didn't want to pick it up. I don't I don't really remember what it was, was all about, but they, you guys they remember wrote it. They wrote it. They wrote it. Wrote another episode and put and re, and re, recast everybody except for Spock. Spock was the only one from the original cast that they kept. I remember right. hearing about that. Right, that's, that, that's one of my favorite nerd facts about that show. Is Leonard Nimoy was the only character to never be recast. Which, golf clap for Leonard Nimoy. I mean, yeah. Leonard Nimoy's the shit. The smiling Vulcan. Don't call me Spock. I mean, he's golf clap for him, but there are times in his life you know he hated that role. Oh, yeah. Well, he got typecasted, and of course, you know, he showed up in a lot of, a lot of sci-fi shows because of it and you know imagine walking down the street and people are going go do the thing do the thing spock yeah and he gets tiresome you know it's all you can, you can even say the same thing for mark hamill or someone from star wars you know it's it, you can say it gets it pisses you off when you're a professional actor and they only remember you for one role right so they recast everybody then we got the, then we got the next cast uh, william shatner Obviously, George Takei or Takai, however you George Takai, of course. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, you know, Sulu. Uh, oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. Nicole. Nichols? My, oh, see, that's why I thought Michelle. Michael. Uh, Walter, yeah. Walter Kang, Frank Da Vinci. You know, so that was the original cast, all playing the most. Great cast. Great, great cast. And then Leonard Nimoy. I'm sorry, I didn't want to leave out Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Uh, and that was your original br- uh, bridge crew. Yes. So. Not to mention yeah. all the red shirts that died. Just pour a forty out for them. I write every the, the crewman red number shirt, five. Red <laughs> crewman number five. You know, so, yeah. if you wore a red shirt, you were dead. Oh, and Josh McCoy. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the Force Kelly. Force Kelly. Yeah. Oh shoot. Oh. Uh. And I think oh, and Scotty was James uh, James Duhon. Yeah, that's what he. That's what Sofisto said. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's everybody. Anywho, so yeah, we got everybody. Original cast. A lot of episodes. You said what? Eighty episodes. Eighty episodes, three seasons. Didn't really last that long for being something that turned out really big, right? It, it ran longer in reruns than it ran through the. It's it's a original. Uh, yeah, it's the, it, it, and on top of that, it's, it's the only Star Trek to not get seven seasons. Yes. So, what's your what? We'll start with you, Gambit. What's your favorite episode of the original series? Shit. Um. I mean, it's hard to tell the names because I'm I'm not I I watched the original series not long ago, but I I, I binge watched all it. of them. No, I binge watched. I, I in preparation for this, I binge watched all of them in in not only episode order but series order yeah me too and there was there was the the first season there was an episode about the powerful psychic teenager that was a really good episode um it was in the first season and the third i want to say second or third season is when the changeling i think that's the episode it was called the changeling 
with the uh, artificial intelligence probe with the mysterious twisted operator came and came into uh, and that was the whole premise of the show. Yeah, and so that one I really liked, and then um, uh, obviously when when Kirk and Spock had a fight to the death on the planet, that was every time I were Tim and I were talking about that. With right, song. like obviously that's an iconic scene. Yeah, it's freaking amazing, um, and that would probably be them. And I guess I do like. Admittedly, I hate it because like I, I feel like it's a girl episode, but I really like it. I do like the Quibbles episode. The which one? Quibbles. Tribbles. Yeah. The trouble, with trouble with Tribbles. That's the episode name. Yeah. Yeah. Trouble with Tribbles. Tribbles. That's actually my favorite. So you just got that out of the way. Yeah. I mean, well, I, everybody likes it because, oh, cute little animals. It's like, ah, they were bigger problems than just cute little animals. And they hated Klingons. Yeah, well, because the Klingons were trying to eradicate them. That was the whole thing. Like, they, was, they were a nuisance. They were pests. They, they, they keep breeding and eating and breeding and eating. That's all they do. Yeah. Eat Tribbles. What did I call them? Quibbles? Oh, yeah, whatever. So, so the tradro, quadro Triptkali or whatever the, the grain was, was poisoned by the, 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 Klingons. the, the Klingons. Yeah. There was a... The whole thing behind that was that the the, uh, the Federation was supposed to be buying this grain, and the grain was poisoned by the Klingons. And the only the only way that they found out that it was poisoned was because the Tribbles were dying because they were eating that eating that stuff. So the Tribbles saved. They saved the Federation. Yeah. Technically, those strange Technically. those strange little animals saved the that, Federation. That of course Ahura fell in love with, I believe, at the first, and then she got one. And then everyone else wanted one, and they just fucking made it, and they were everywhere. Yes, they were. Which was also so a very they, funny episode. Which they I died. Yeah. Which well, they, well they, yeah, it was, yeah. It was probably one of the more well done episodes, I will have to say. And, and what, what a lot of people get crap about it is that there's it's so the CGI is so wonderfully bad in the original series. Well, it wasn't even CGI; it was all practical imagery. No, yeah. You know, uh-huh. it was. It was I was it was strings and fucking and, and ships like and four favorite I got like great. one I got like one favorite episode in each season basically I got okay. the, the the first season I got the trouble the trouble with trouble I cannot pronounce his name today mm. trouble with tribbles episode and then obviously the the, the fight scene between Kirk and Spock was awesome that's a damn good that's a damn good episode when he was trying when he had to mate like the, how they mate every seven years the pond far yeah the pond far. Yeah, that is intense for them. Well, That's not something to talk about. Another not one, of, another one of my favorite episodes is the one where they have that like rock lava monster, where where he does that, where where Spock actually, you know, Nimoy actually does that really bad overacting. Pain, anger, but it was just pain. I remember Shatner at one point said he he was off. He was supposed to be off off to the side showing a reaction shot to that and at one point he said give that Vulcan an aspirin <laughs> so Sophista what's your favorite episode actually I, I was just talking about the, the, the very first pilot um, and they didn't pick it up I kind of like I kind of like Jeffrey Hunter as the, as the captain Pike yeah yeah well, and, he, and in that in that the one that they they actually turned into like a two a two-part uh, special, I guess. They they used more, most of that that pilot, along with some stuff with Kirk and and, uh, and Spock and all that stuff. Yeah, and, uh, you see see Pike come rolling in in his in his little little roller boy scooter, 
in, in two beeps for no or yes or whatever, and he's all messed up and, and Burnt, obviously years older, yeah. That was that's one, one of my, my favorites. And that scene has been mimicked in so many episodes of, of sci-fi things where he's just all messed up and tore up and just, oh. <laughs> beep, beep. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he got, got injured while saving crew members from whatever ship he was. So Pike was a good captain, obviously, right? Pike was a, he was a great captain. I, 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 when you rewatch the pilots on Netflix, when you rewatch the pilot episode, it didn't seem like his acting was that bad. I don't know what the network had a problem with. He had some problems with um, with some, with some of the some of the networks, and I guess he had a, a, a mental health issue or something going on from a from an accident that he'd been involved in or something. Hmm. He he didn't. I, I don't think he actually lived much longer than that, than like 1970. How did he die? Do you know? Made himself a pretty big star. Okay. Within the short period of time that he that he was acting. Okay. He starred in this uh, in this um, religious film called King of Kings. He made a he made a. Well, big so he never died. The original Pike. The original Captain Pike Park. died in 1959. So he died one year after the 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 the, the airing of, of Star Trek because the first. Star Trek premiered in 1968. Yes. So he died a year later after that. So How did he die, did it say? Mm, no, he died at 42 years old. That's all it says. Um, yeah, that's all, that's all it really says about young. it. <laughs> Good job, Spock. Good looking shit up for me. So proud of you. Good reference. Good reference. Save the whales. The whales, sir? Another movie. Save the whale. Yeah, so so whale. the original series, it, 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 the original series, you had obviously the humans, the Vulcans, the Klingons, uh, the, the, the Romulans, Gorn. The Gorn were yes. in it. The Gorn were in it. So, but the but the blue guys with the freaking things on their head, I can't remember what they're called. Something Orians, like DeLoreans or something. DeLoreans and Dorian. And Dorian. Thank you. I was close. And actually, there was a lot more races than I thought in the original one. Well, read, read out the race races, and we'll continue on with what I was saying. Oh, God, I can't even pronounce any of these names. Andorians, Armadeans, Apollo, Argeans, Geans, or Argeans? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the half black, half white, the, the, the Chirons. That's, that's their race. Uh, the Gamma... Carnarians, god damn these names. Uh, the Gideons, the Kalar, the Hota, and then obviously the ones we named. So we got the Romulus, you know, the those ones. Wasn't there like so, Orions as well, or Orions? The Orions. Yeah. There's a badass the lizard with with shiny eyes too. The Gorn. Yeah, the Gorn. There the Gorns. Go. Yeah, Gorns. Um, <laughs> And then obviously the blue creatures were the tri, tri, trilens, trilens. So yeah, there was a lot of races. I mean, we can we can briefly go over some of the the politics stuff. I know you want to do that. The Just... '60s was a hotbed of uh, of civil rights times. So, so Star Trek: The Original Series was set in 1968. Uh, now it wasn't set in the series, but Gene Roddenberry openly stated in his books and his writings and his interviews 
that this was a political show to fix the problems in America without actually coming out and saying it outright. So, for instance, when he wanted to write a, a, a series about race or politics that was happening in the 60s, because the 60s were a hot, the 60s and early 70s were a hotbed of racial tension in America, he wrote it in a space setting and then used a different race, like the green race, the aliens, and were like, okay, be nice to them. Don't be prejudiced against them. And it was or kind half of black, half white. Half white, half black. It was, it was, it was, it was his way because you got to remember too. TV back then wasn't as diverse and welcoming as TV that we have now. It's, it's, it's almost hard to imagine. It in, was a, in a different way. time, so, and there was a different take it thought away as process. Like, what was it like during the time and ages when, like, the episode when they first kissed? Like, that must have been probably talked about more than I'm we. I'm actually curious about. That. There were people that were that were actually writing Shatner and and writing the the, the network and threatening to boycott over that kind of stuff. You don't think of, that's nothing now. I mean, but to some people back then it, it meant a lot. But that was that was the first interracial kiss on television. That that's a mind-blowing pro- thought too. I mean like Star Trek started something like a process almost in a way if you think about it. Because I think it I think it opened up the avenues to, to be more free on television, definitely. Yes. If you think about it, Star Trek had a lot of roles in different areas. I mean, look at our technology. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, Star Trek is one of the biggest ones. This is why I love this series is because you can just watch it and just enjoy a good a good a good space show. Or you can yeah, right? Or you can look at it uh, as deeper meaning and, and political and get some good value from it. And I think that's that's an amazing thing. Like that's why I was like, that's why I've always enjoyed watching it because I, it was. I just showed Dad flip phone. The flip phone. My yeah. my very first first phone was a flip phone, and it looked an awful lot like that. Right. Yeah. And that's and that was and the the inventors of like things like like the the, the iPod inventor. He's very open about. It. He actually watched an episode of Star Trek where Data was listening to like six songs at once on his computer. And he thought to himself, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I could play music so much? Technology, politics, uh, thought processing, religion. It was it was probably, for, for an 80-episode show, for a very campy, very cheesy show, I think it was way, way, way ahead of its time in the well, 60s. Campy for uh, today's uh, standards. Back then, not so campy. And why Gene Roddenberry, like you said, he was, he, he was, uh, want, he was wanting to, to affect some, have some kind of an effect and I think he, sh- he sure did actually you know but there's another thing too he I remember at one point he said that he wanted to make a he wanted Star Trek to be like a, a Western like like wagon train but he wanted to go th- wanted it to go through space where they were dealing with people which is yeah. it's a final frontier yeah. so I mean that's right that makes sense space the final frontier. Yeah, no, no, that's that was the idea. That was and that was kind of how the original series was shot, right? And they even talk about it. they even they even reference that in the later series that the cowboy days are over. Like the original Star Trek was more of a cowboy shoot 'em up at you know sleep with every hot chick that you see whether she's green, white, blue, black, you know, like literally. Um, oh yeah, Shatner dipped his wig. Let's be honest. Like that that captain got some booty. <laughs> I wonder if he pulled out if his dick was the color of what he put it in. <laughs> These are real questions, people. These are real questions. Real questions. <laughs> you, know, you fuck a green chick, do you have a green dick for a week? 
No, and, that, and, and that, but that's the thing. Is like, <laughs> and that's the thing. And so it's like it was very, and 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 there was no prime directive. They didn't talk about the prime directive. That was that was something that, that was, was next t- generation. That was totally next you know, generation. This way, they were still learning. This they were still learning the star map. They were still learning, going from place to place. That they weren't. They weren't. You know, in Enterprise, the series explains a lot of this. They had mastered space travel, but they haven't mastered space. So it was a frontier. It was, it was, it was an exploration. It you know, and you still got dealing with strange new beings. Yeah, and all that stuff. We were still learning the Alpha Quadrant, I believe. Right, and and, and the Prime Directive came off of, which is great because we're still on the original Star Trek. The Prime Directive came off of the adventures of Star Trek because these guys started so many problems with the way they first make contact. <laughs> Fucking up with first contact. Oh, we fucked up first contact so much. Like, you can't just beam down to a planet and start fucking their, their women. That doesn't go over well with the locals. Well, no, actually, if you think about it, that is pretty good. You fuck the women, they have children like you, and then you just, you just, you just fix, that's, this, that's, you just cross that bridge. That's a, that's a screw up from the, from, from our history from going way back. What's our history okay, been? Was, What's our history been like, that, you know? That, that, that Kirk has to pay. <laughs> Space child support. Yeah, you got a three, a three, a three-tailed baby. That's not mine. It looks nothing like me. <laughs> no, so yeah, so the original, and that was, and that's why I think that there's an argument to be made that the original was one of the best ones because it was so fast, it was so loose, it wasn't so. And, you know, a lot of my friends. It was the gun smoke of space. Was that? It was the gun smoke of space, or even worse, the Romulans who they first made contact with and fu- saw, saw the first Romulan bird of prey in the first season, I believe. I believe it was the first season. I think that was the season finale. And they, and they realized, oh shit, we got an enemy out here. Yeah. Because they, were, they were using the bird of prey and the cloaking technology to go past the neutral zone and be like, we're going to spy on you. And then that was it. It's fucked up that we fucked up that first negotiation as a show of good faith. We would never make cloaking technology. Fuck you, Romulus. Like, <laughs> like no, that, that's the reason why we never, like, people always ask us, like, why are the, Star, why are the Federation, why are the humans only, want, like, the Klingons got it, the Romulans got it. I was like, you need to learn your Star Trek history. We didn't do it because the original Star Trek, during the Peace Accords in the Neutral Zone, we made a promise that we would never develop cloaking technology so that it, made, it kept the Romulans at peace, basically, that we weren't trying to spy on them, which is, which is... Well, what they were doing to us! Which they're, yeah, they're the, they're the most spy people. They're the most, oh... I think they were supposed to be the Russians back then. Like that, they were supposed to be the Russians. Yeah. I, that I, makes sense. I, I, I can see that. I actually now can see the correlation between like so the, Cold the Cold War and Russians too. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. But in, in, and that's cool because if you think about it, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of internal history with Star Trek. There is like you, everything. Everything that happened in the first series. Is continued on in the next series, and everything that happened in the original, the the, the next generation is continued on, all the way to, ex- with the exception of, of Discovery or whatever the fuck the new one is. But we'll get to that. I think there's some a lot of planning in all of that too, though. Possibly, but we'll get. What, what, what's the latest? What, what's what the last it? one called? The, the newest one is called Discovery. Yeah, yeah, we'll get I'll, to that piece of shit. Then, then, <laughs> oh no, that's not a good one, huh? Oh. <laughs> Just wait. Have to check it makes it me out. want to go all Hulk smash on this uniform. Like, nah. like I'm, I'm going full clean on my facial expression. What did you guys think about the? <laughs> yeah, what did you guys think about the one with um, 
I know you kind of liked it. Yeah, with Archer. Enterprise. Enterprise, Enterprise was, was pretty good. I kind of liked it. Enterprise explained why a lot of things, and that's of course we got to talk about the original. So the original, yeah, yeah, yeah. it only had like it only had three seasons, but it spawned a bunch of movies. Bunch of movies and a bunch of spinoffs too. Oh, even the cartoon. There was a there was a a cartoon. There was a cartoon based off of. Let's not forget the biggest movie though. Con. Oh yes. Yeah, Ricardo Montalban was a good actor. He was a good actor. I kept expecting that midget to come out, though. The plane! The plane, boss! The plane! <laughs> so, yeah, so the, it's fun, a bunch of movies, and then it's the movies. It's actually, again, fun fact, fun fact, it was the movie success from the original series, the reason why Star Trek got a reboot for Star Trek The Next Generation. Well, it was also ta- you, you, you were talking about the Khan movie, the Wrath of Khan. And of course, Ricardo Montalban actually played Khan in the original series show. And he did an yeah, amazing job. Exactly. And what he is is he's an augmented human, who uh, who was who was there's a bunch of experiments going on that were illegal at one point when the when the, the world was dark when shit was bad. And, you got to back that up a little bit though. The reason yeah. the experiments started was to keep up with the Klingon. Yes. Because the Klingons were stronger, faster, better than us in every physical aspect. So to keep up with the Klingons, we started doing genetic testing mm-hmm. and an alteration. And alterations, and then we got people like Khan. Yes, what, what was the big def- what was the big defect with these augmented human beings? And they, it, it was it was they were crazy. They were yeah. They, would they go, were like they were they were very smart, but they were also make a crazy. reference a very small reference is because it's part of the storyline of Deep Space Nine. For every Julian Bashir we get, we get ten cons. Yes. So yes, they always get super smart as part of the genetic breeding. And, but more often than not, they go absolutely but bad. But you got to remember, yeah. Julian was a later, later, later generation version of an augmented human. Khan was like prototype A, more yeah, or less. Was, yeah, and he was crazy and strong. And, and insane. And obviously he also, I mean, one of the biggest things about Khan was that he, when you pissed him off, he didn't think rationally. That went out the window. Yeah, was think about it. Would you follow Kirk into that fucking nebula? Right? All he did was taunt him. You're a bitch, huh? Follow me. And that was it. <laughs> More or less, am I wrong? No, no. I mean, he didn't say you're a bitch, but all he did was make fun of him a little bit. Yeah. But the fun fact, though, is what's crazy is, and this wasn't explained until Enterprise, so I'm going a little ahead to jump back in time. Everybody always wonders what happened to Klingons. Well, it's fun fact. It was explained in the Enterprise. The Ridges. Yeah, they did the explain The reason it. why the Ridges were And they were did explain smoother. in the Trouble with Tribbles episode of uh, Deep Space Nine when they asked Worf what happened, what, what, why are the Ridges gone? He's like, don't, don't, we don't talk about that. We don't, we don't talk, talk about, about that. that. But they do talk about it in Enterprise. They bring it up in Enterprise. There's a whole episode about it. It's my favorite episode in Enterprise. And that is that to keep up with the genetic breeding the humans were doing, the Klingons took their data and some of their blood work and mixed it with the Klingons' entire race. Not just one, all of them. Like, put that shit in their water. Put that shit in their water, and it fucked them, and then it smoothed out their foreheads, and it was going to smooth out their foreheads, and then they had to, the whole Enterprise episode was them trying to find a cure because it was killing them. They got the cure, but the residual leftover side effect was for two or three generations, they were going to have smoother forehead. Well, let's talk about that. Wow, that is an... Yeah, you got to watch it. Okay, I never let's saw talk that. about that. 
that is a damn good explanation. They added yeah. human genetics, and that's why their their foreheads. That's a damn good explanation to where, because because you know in the past, let's be honest, it was the fact that they didn't know what to how how to make clayons. You know what? That was a real reason. Yeah, that was Gene Roddenberry always wanted to have the forehead ridges, and they just didn't know have the they didn't have the didn't uh, have the, the the technique or the 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 makeup technique or whatnot, what have you. Yeah, the prosthetics. It, it, that wasn't a damn good explanation as to why they had flat, you know, the flat foreheads. And yeah, that, no, I, I thought it was the best explanation and one of the best episodes of Enterprise that was ever done because Star Trek has been very good throughout, and again, you're going to see a, as we talk more and more about it, it's very good about the newer se- series coinciding with the older series and explaining, explaining great shit. explanations yeah. and to interchange. So really to watch one season is almost incomplete. You have to watch all of them. And, and that's going to be a running thread as this podcast keeps going. With the exception talk- of <laughs> Discovery. I mean, it goes on, it goes on to the movies and you got how many movies, Star Trek movies that we get for the first se- for the original series? There are six. There are six movies. Okay, so the first movie is the motion picture. Motion picture. The second. Then, the Khan, then in Search for Spock. Search for, yeah. Then the Voyage Home. Mm-hmm. Then the final. Um, frontier. The final Frontier. That one kind of sucked. Yeah. Was that the and one with it, the God character? Yeah. You know what I remember from that one? When he pisses him off. When he's like pisses the God character off. And after all this, and I just remember, I just remember one thing. The God character goes, "You." Like, like, makes this fucking donkey sound. And that's what I and remember most of all Kirk, for that Kirk movie. Kirk is like, excuse me, excuse me, what does God need with a spaceship? <laughs> it gets all pissed off. What does God need with a spaceship? Yeah, and then the last one, the Undiscovery. Yeah, Undiscovered Country. What's that? Undiscovered Country, I think. And so, or in like order, that. and you were right, it's... First movie came out in 1979, then 82, then 84, which was my birth year. Bach came to visit me. That's why he was lost. So 79 was mine. <laughs> and 84 was mine. 84 was yours. Uh, okay, cool. Then 86, 89, and 91, believe it or not, nice. was the last one. That was one. Yeah, that was, that was wow. a, what was the last one? The last one was the one with the politics with the fucking Klingon, I think. Hey. Yeah, and it was the, uh, yeah, and you're right, the undiscovered country. Sorry. Yeah. But now, out of those movies, which is your favorite, though? Oh, do you really have the to ask? The Wrath of Khan's wife. The Wrath of Khan. Khan! It's got to be that one. It's got to be Khan. You know, the search for Spock was good, but watching, uh, I was I was making this reference with with Sophista earlier. I was like, you have always been, and forever shall be. My friend, you know I probably fucked up the the, the quote, but Ricardo Montalban. Montalban, sorry, Ricardo Montalban. You can't replace him as Khan. You can put like the buffest, awesome motherfucker in. He, there, he's not Ricardo, Ricardo Montalban. He's just not. The chest that you see on Ricardo Montalban, and, and that's not makeup. That's his real chest. The chest that he, that he had bare. And, and yeah, sitting all sexy. Yeah. Times. Yeah. Like, I'm going to fuck your girlfriend if you bring her around me? No. <laughs> the plane, like boss! That. He's like that in the captain's chair. Do you know how many women he could have slept with in the 70s? 
Like, he probably did. He probably yeah, did. Yeah, he probably did, too. From like, the, from he the, was the Kirk of that time. From the 40s to the, yeah, the 70s. Yeah, he was a macho man. They, I remember when Billie Jean King and that uh, that guy that they had the tennis match with, Bobby Riggs, Bobby they, interviewed, Riggs yeah. they interviewed him to uh, interviewed him, and he made some some statement about it. I think Bobby Riggs will 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 win because he has the the long the the larger male male uh, muscles. You know? <laughs> he was talking about his dick. Movies came out. Spawn the next one. The, in my opinion, sorry, I gotta do it. It spawned the best one, which is what my ooh no, it's my second favorite. This is so hard. Anyways, it spawned the next generation. Star Trek: The Next Generation. First episode good. aired September 28, 1987. I was right. All right. I didn't roll up my nerd card. All right. So, <laughs> and then of course you know this Picard make it so. Oh my God! So yeah, so it starts off episode one, uh, encounter at Far Point. Well, we got to ask this question, and this is the question while we're here, especially on the next generation: Kirk or Picard? Picard. Kirk. Kirk. Picard both, could they, not fight. They were both cool in their own in their own respect. Picard. So. Picard was a hella smart. He was very good at what he did. He was a better captain in a few aspects. But Picard... In all aspects, except for no, fighting. No. Kirk was perfect for his time because he could fight. He was a good if, le leader, too. If you too. swapped generations, and every time they'd be one of us, if one, Every time one of his crew members died, he almost cried. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Kirk could be... <laughs> I don't think Kirk could come back from being a Borg and be, like, fucking sane. I'll give him that. But Picard went back to the original series time. Picard would be dead. He'd be sipping his Earl Grey tea and a fucking Klingon would just shank his ass. Prison style. I don't think he'd be dead. I just don't think he'd be a captain. No, he'd be dead. He'd be a captain <laughs> for like five seconds. He'd be, he'd be the next Pike. Ah, remember though. Remember, the reason why he doesn't fight is because he used to be a champion fighter. He was so arrogant that he got into a fight with a bunch of... Nausicaans. Nausicaans. That's the word. He got into a bar fight with three Nazis and got shanked through the heart and lived. Wouldn't you happen to Kirk. Wouldn't happen to Kirk. Wouldn't happen to Kirk. Kirk would do some sort of fucking roll and kick their ass. And a karate chop. <laughs> and a karate chop. And a chop. Yep. Hey. I'm going to say this. As a martial artist, it's hard to watch any fight scene from any Star Trek. You would think at some point they would hire a boxer or a trainer of some kind. It was, it was so bad. bad. It was so bad. It was bad. So, okay, so, but, but okay, what about you? Yeah, Kirk's been still through Kirk, or, Kirk or, or Picard? It's gotta be Kirk. Thank you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's just hating, you're just hating. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. You're you're hating. Hating. You, you are hating. He just what, has his point of view. Kirk, what's your answer to the diplomatic situation? Punch him in the face. Kirk, Fuck yes. Because that was what. How worked. with his wife. That's what worked. That's what worked back then. Yeah, they fucked a lot of shit up. But you know what? The next generation wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for fucking Kirk. That's true. You can't punch your way out of every situation, Kirk. You can. And he did. He didn't. He was a, he was a smart guy too. And he was intelligent. I mean, he he, he found Khan's problem. For a shaped ape, he was intelligent. 
And he solved a lot of he solved a lot of crimes when he became a cop later too. <laughs> DJ Hooker. Yeah. Oh. No, I well, know a lot of. I, I'm not hating on Kirk. Kirk is a great captain. He really is, and you're right. All right, fine. I will concede my point. You are right. For the time, Kirk is exactly what the Federation needed. Yes. Yes. But the thing about it is, is when I look at it, and don't get me wrong, as a fighter, I admire Kirk a lot. Like, yes, you can punch your way out of a lot of the situations, but it's a, but there is times, at all times, man should strive for peace and intelligent conversation. There are some men that only understand the sword. That is a quote that I've always lived by, and I think you need to have both. But the reason why I say that is that I believe, and especially as a martial artist, that intelligence is always temper the fist. Always. And that's what you get with the next generation. You had Picard, who was the intelligent leading the show, and you had Worf, and you had Riker as the, as, as the angry young men trying to punch them. The enforcer. Yeah. The enforcers. I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. You can't have the captain be the enforcer. In oh, my oh, my God. Okay. So Next Generation okay. is probably the greatest TV of all time. It had seven seasons, 26 episodes per season. Probably the best Power ending episode, episode too. Probably the best, best ending episode as well. Oh, what we leave behind? Oh, that what? scene at that poker table when he was like, when she looks at him, he's like, I should have done this more often. And he's like, you were always welcome. <laughs> Tears! <laughs> like, oh, it's so good because that's what's so great about the see that's what i like about the next generation and and, and why i think Picard's a better captain because well Picard started so stiff and so rigid and so standoffish from his bridge crew that he wanted no personal relationship his story arc through that well, he didn't even like kids and remember how much he got attached to wesley? Up, wesley shut up wesley he just lying in the whole fuck fucking off. series he told that kid to fuck off so much because he wouldn't even have him on the deck. And remember, like, Dr. Crusher kept, like, trying to push him on, like, go, go, go fuck with the captain. Go up there and do your thing. And she's, and she knows he hates kids, but, ah. Uh. Yeah, but the, the, the dynamic of that is that he was best friends with his dad. Yeah. And his choice that he made resulted in the, in the death, the death of, Wes of his father. father. Yes. And so that's a very interesting dynamic that Wesley has to go through when he goes through the Academy. Well, it's great when they get close as well, you know. And then, of course, the Academy episodes with Wesley are, are amazing. But you know what? The, my favorite episode of The Next Generation is is when... And this one actually got me like, oh, goddamn, I'm crying, I'm sad. Uh, was the one where Kurt... Or Kurt, sorry. Where Picard goes through this hallucination state where he thinks he... Or he goes through this and gets his family... He get, he's, he, his whole life goes by, and then he has to playing the, the flute. flute too. Yes, yeah, yeah I, that I is a that damn good time. episode. To this day, that episode gets me. Oh, to this man. day, imagine, imagine living your life in a in a matter of I don't know what hours or whatever minutes. He was out for like an hour. Yeah, and then and then coming back and having all these memories of people you loved, and they didn't fucking exist. No, they existed. Well, they did, but they don't exist now. Yeah, because the whole planet was dying. That was the whole point. Yeah. They, they made the planet this, died a long time ago. According, they made they right. made this probe to go out so that somebody would have the memories of these people. Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason they did it, and and everything about it was a real village. It was a real problem. Everything was real. It's just that you experienced it through the eyes of this man, and you became this man, and that was 
Right, this is and, where I, and they have enough to include the box? Yes. Oh. The, this is where I say this. I say this. Imagine having this love for someone. That love wasn't fake. No, he had a daughter. He and had then, a daughter. And a daughter, and, and you live your life, and all of a sudden you realize, shit, that, how do you, this is where I say that, that Picard is the intellectual. He, by far, compared to Kirk, the intellectual, because I couldn't come back from that and just be like, okay, let's go on with our everyday life. No. I'd be fucked up. No. That gets me, that one gets me a lot. I, I gotta say, though. That is it. That is a, a, a feels episode. So my favorite episode of all time, and this is, and this I can say unequivocally, with no doubt in my mind, the greatest actor to ever grace the stages of Star Trek, and I'm talking all of them, was Brett Spiner. Oh God, yes. And the reason why Data. I say this, if you need, if you need evidence, you watch the episode where he played Doctor Sonnen, he played Data, and he played uh, Lore. At the same time, with three different character types, with three distinct personalities, and he acted them completely different. That is fucking genius level acting. He did and it's well. What's that? He did well. So, Fisto, what's your favorite The Next Generation episode? I can't really say whether I've got a, uh, a favorite Next Generation. Actually, when it, to tell you, I was such a logical, big, such a big Star Trek. The original series fan that that I didn't I didn't want to like the next generation. I, when I you can and see mom, that. You and your mom started watching it. I was like, ah, that's not gonna last. It's gonna be on for six months and it'll be out of here. <laughs> Paul, you were wrong. And then you were way wrong. Yeah, yeah, I was. And then I got to be kind of a fan of it and watching it. And then well, you'd watch it with us. Yeah. And I don't care. I will argue till I'm blue in the face, till I can't breathe anymore. The best. Star Trek series, my first one, and still the best one, is Deep Space Nine. I, I, I was, well, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. When I first heard about Deep Space Nine, I was very upset because I thought, oh, it's just on the space station, this is fucking stupid. But then I actually watched it. When I, when I watched the whole series, I kind of liked it. Next Generation set up everything for Deep Space Nine and Voyager. So... Every premise that the Voyager and Frangis, but every every premise that, that, that Deep Space Nine, in fact, all of Deep Space Nine's premise was set up in The Next Generation. When they talked about the Cardassians, the Cardassians were first introduced in The in Next Generation, and they even talked yes. about the occupation that was currently going on because Ensign Roe, Roe Laren came in, everybody fucking hated that bitch. When Roe Laren came in, she talked about the the, the the hardship of their people, the fact that the Cardassians are occupying their space and that the Federation doesn't want to help them. That set up everything for Deep Space Nine. Well, it set, off, it set it up for the spinoff, you can even say. Um, we, we didn't even talk about all the characters for, for the next generation. You got Worf, you got... Uh, yeah, so Worf is great. because So, so pause on Worf real quick, because Worf is my favorite character probably of all time. Well, you get to know deeply a Klingon's like inner thinking and everything. But not he's not he's not a normal Klingon. He's way more reserved, and the reason why he's reserved is because he grew up with humans. But when he was adopted. His parents were killed at Ketimer. He was adopted by humans and raised uh, raised on Earth. That's right. And that's, and, that's and, and so the he had to hold back or kill children. 
He was actually a very normal Klingon child, very boisterous, very loud, very aggressive. It was during a soccer match that he jumped up to the ball and he headbutted another kid and he and he almost killed him. And he realized how fragile humans were because the headbutt, he didn't even feel it. And this headbutt almost killed this kid. So he decided that if he was going to live amongst humans, that he had to, above everything else, practice restraint and control. That being said, led him to be a very shitty fighter. In Star Trek, the original series, Worf gets owned every fight. He gets the shit kicked in every fight. But by Deep Space Nine, he becomes the greatest warrior the Klingons have ever seen. Well, look at all the shit that happened. Like, to him. Look at all the shit that happened to him in the original. I'm sorry, the, in the the next generation. You know, right, and you gotta remember too, he took over the position of security because Tasha Yar, the first main bridge character to I was die, to bring that up. Well, was Scotty a bridge character? Because technically, he wasn't a bridge character. Uh, Scotty was a bridge character. He was the engineer. He was engineer, yeah. Yeah. So okay, second. Main one because Scotty was uh, well. Scotty didn't die in the original series that I know of. No, he didn't. Scotty, no, right. Scotty disappeared and they found him in the the next generation, in that like hyperbolic, fucking, frozen chamber where that right. was a damn good episode because here he is trying to teach all these these people who with all this new shit all the old tricks and he just it it kind of felt bad for him. My favorite episode though is when he goes. He goes, when, when we start talking about Forge, he, or our favorite part of that episode is when we start talking about Forge, he's like, he goes, all right, Captain, I'll have that done in 45 minutes. And he turns him and goes, yes. so how long is it really going to take? And he goes, 45 minutes. He goes, you never, never tell, tell a Captain yes. how long it takes. That way when you get it done in 20 minutes, you look like a genius. Yes. Back to it, like, Tasha Yar was the first character, first bridge character to die off in, in, in Star Trek. And the way they killed her was so... That big tar monster killed her, didn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> She, that was fucking horrible. Damn. At least Data got a taste of that first, though. Oh, oh yeah, Data got to hit that. Oh, yeah, Data. That was the first time he got to use his sexual. <laughs> he even bragged about it. Like, he even bragged like about how it. Like, how many different ways he's, he can do stuff. And I'm like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like War. Then you have Data, which Data's story arc is really one of very simple kind of, like, he's Pinocchio. Oh. He wants to be a, a real boy. Data what was Data boy? was That's exactly, exactly what it was, yeah. yeah. But he, but Data was, in my opinion, the Spock of the next. Which generation. is funny too, because they even talk about it in some of the episodes that like he is what the Vulcans are striving to be. He's like a yeah. perfect form. He's a per perfect being in their mind. But he and wants to like, be human. He wants. Yeah, he's like I, I, I would never hide my feelings. I would never suppress my feelings. Like if I had feelings, I would have them, you know, all the time. What I love about Star Trek is that when uh, Next Generation. Because it had more series, obviously, now it's unfair to really compare it hard, like apples to apples, because it had more seasons, it had more episodes. Well, better graphics, it was a different time. Well, and one of those, and one of those perks to having more episodes is that you really get to go into the dynamics of the character friendships and the characters themselves. Everybody gets their own episode, everybody gets their own episode to grow, and then everybody gets their own episode with their best friend. Riker had Kirk's libido. Yes. Yes. Riker, Riker would fuck anything. He was the same. Riker would fuck that. anything. Do you remember the episode when he went to the planet where it was a matriarchal planet and he was treated like a female? Oh girl? yeah. He had to wear lingerie for her and like and they had that sexy where she's like, well, but you respect me in the morning and like, oh my god, it was so good. It was so different for him.
Oh. So yeah, so then you had like, and then you had obviously some. I mean, I don't want to not mention all the characters, but you had Deanna Troy, who I couldn't stand, who I couldn't stand in, in every episode. Like, I tell my friends who were like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch the next generation." Cool. Anytime Oksana Troy comes on, skip that fucking episode. With with the invention of the holodeck, we got better episodes with, yes. with more fun, like yes. more fun episodes. It wasn't always on the ship. Exactly, because you could set up like, "Oh, we want to do a western." Cool. They're on the holodeck. Boom. I mean, Done. watching Worf. Wear fucking Western clothing. Yeah, great. That episode with him and his son are trying to bond, and his son made that. Um, Alexander Roshenko. Yeah. Yes. Well, what what was the what was the name of that dorky dude that that ended up going into some of the other seasons? And he had like this really weird fetish with some of the characters, and he made like this holodeck holodeck program with all of the oh, characters. Barkley. Yes, Barkley. He's yeah, Barkley. that's a favorite of mine right there. That guy was, was so fucking Barkley? weird. Lieutenant Barkley is actually, he was in Next Generation, he was in Deep Space Nine, and yes. he was in Voyager. Yes. Was that, and that. it wasn't weird, it wasn't an obsession, he had a hollow addiction, you asshole. But he had a hollow addiction, hold on. He had a hollow addiction, but at the same time, he, he also made holodeck versions of, other, of the people on the ship, and really fucking weird, dude. Come on, imagine yourself going into a, the thing and you're like the fucking, I don't know, you're fucking Pee Wee Herman. Or something. The opposite it's a of, of who yeah, you but are. That, that's what I love about it. Because that, that episode was really good about showing mental illness. Yes. And shyness and all that. Because what and he was addiction. doing was, in this world, he was God. He can control everything. And he can, the people that he felt inferior to, he could now bow up and make them inferior to yes. him. And I, I'm not saying I, I liked Barkley. I thought he was a damn good character. I know that if, if, if Star Trek was real, if, like the technology was real, like if I... Plopped in that world, I'd have hollow addiction so fast. Me too. So fast. I would spend so much time on the holodeck. I would just be doing all the things I ever dreamed of doing. And my dumbass would probably turn off the holodeck safety. So like I'd skydive with no safeties. I'd fight creatures with no safety. I'd have I'd have tons. And I love they even mentioned that there are erotic novels for the hollow suite. That is so great. Well, that yeah, they talk they talk. I don't think that's more so for the next generation. I think that's more so for like DS Nine. There was a quirk or whatever. Hollow novels. Fantasy, more or less. Yeah. What is your fantasy? I can well, make it some of the Some of the AI, the stuff that they're trying to, to, to come up with, that's probably going to be some something else that will be checked off the list. It's all well and good until a robot bites your dick off. Yeah. <laughs> Next Generation also introduced us to space zombies. The Borg. Borg. Oh, how did we almost skip the board? And we, oh, and that was the first time we found out about the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, we completely they threw forgot about that because Q and again another another species that appeared out of nowhere. Q literally out of nowhere brought yeah literally out of nowhere. Q magic them to the fucking Delta Quadrant years before they were actually supposed to meet. The, the fucking huh? The board. The board. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was literally the first episode. Encounter a far point. Oh, you think you know what's in the galaxy? Boom. Boom. Look at this. And you got space, and you got, you know, resistance is futile. And of course, later down the line, you get Locutus. So let's talk about the Borg. Let's get into this. Yes, I wanted to. I w we can't talk about the next generation without getting into the Borg, man. So, do you remember the battle that happened between, the, between them at Wolf uh, 359? Wolf 359, yes. So Wolf Three Five Nine was the major battle that took place between. Well, that's where all the ships came in, 
and, and attacked and all at once. That was the big battle because that was close to Earth. Literally, yes. Wolf 359 is, is like the closest waypoint to Earth. That was our last bastion before they got to us. Yeah. And that battle, man. Oh, but, okay, so Borg in general, the Borg are, I think you call them space zombies. They so confused me. Space zombies. It's exactly Not what zombies. they fucking are. They're not zombies. They're organic life perfectly melded with... with... Go continue. Go, keep talking. It's cool. They're organic space zombies. Life, they're, they're organic space life zombies. With, with, with space zombies. You gonna continue? Yeah. I know. I know what you're saying. They're organic life melded with technology. The Perfect. better, the better one, species. One mind. Yes. So continue. I, I'm just giving you shit. I'll tell you this right now. If you were to be able to give me metal arms and legs with robot arms, I would cut my arms off right now with a rusty spoon. Like the nano, the nanobites or whatever, the, the nanotech in them was the, the good thing about that was that they could they could adapt. Yes, I, I think that's probably maybe the best part about. It. But the thing is, you lose your you lose your consciousness. You well, know? that's the only problem with the Borg is that you do lose your consciousness. You become a drone, you become a slave. Let me play Borg Devil's Advocate here. Okay, is it such a bad thing to lose your individuality? The Borg that have ever been disconnected talk about how lonely it is. Your mind is your own mind. That's you don't true. See, you, you will never be alone. There's no, there's no depression with the Borg. There's no sadness. There's no alone. There's no fear. There's no anger. Everybody knows everybody perfectly. Do you know how much I wish? I am terrible at human interaction and communication. I wish that I had a little adapter that I could pull out of my brain, plug it into yours, and you could perfectly understand me as I am. I think a lot of people that want really that. really such a bad thing? Not necessarily the way you explained it, but I think a lot of people want that. I'm so, I'm so pro burning the Borg. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm so pro Borg. You're dick riding the Borg right now. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm only pro Borg if I could leave the Borg, if I could be the Borg king, like the Borg queen. She has her individuality. Yeah. And she can hear everything. So, if I could keep my individuality but be tapped in with the Borg, I'd be cool with that. I don't know. I like I like the spears. I like the orbs, or rather the the, the cubes. I like I like the the ships. They were pretty fucking cool, and they were huge too. You know, so that was plus cool. the Borg understand the Borg understand the concept of that we're not all special snowflakes. We're all part of the same compost pile. Good as it possibly can be. We're all be. a cog in the machine. I am Unimatrix zero two Junction seven. My job is to make sure that this pipe stays clean. That's my four, job. Four out of four ten. Yeah, four to ten. That's my job. There's ten of us. I'm the fourth one. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. So I'm so I'm so pro Borg. It's I don't know, but it, I I get where you're coming from. So Deep Space Nine. At first, I wasn't a fan. I I watched it. I liked it. I'm not a big Cisco. Didn't intrigue me at first. Cisco was rather boring at first, and then you know they went to Be he went to Bajor and became the chosen one. And whatever, and that was that was interesting. It got good about that part. Have you seen much of Deep Space Nine? Not much of it. No, he no, wasn't. It wasn't the original series, but it's okay. Yeah, I was working. Here's the thing. Okay, so you're you're totally oversimplifying Cisco's role and the beauty of it. So <laughs> he is. He, he he is. He's an ass. It's not okay. oversimplifying. If you watch it, that's what you see. No, it isn't. You asshole. You god. 
damn simpleton! Continue, continue fuckface. No, okay, so... Okay, so... This was unprecedented because this was the first time that Star Trek actually wanted to tackle religion. When you... When you get to Bajor, you find out that they have this whole belief system structured, structured around what they call the prophets. The prophets are their gods. They live in the celestial temple. There is a prophecy that was handed down to them. Not only was it their prophecies, but through space and time, they were actually sent orbs, and the orbs would give you like acid trips that would send you on visions. Now, all this came from a being that lived inside of a wormhole that lived outside of linear time. Yep. So this species had no concept of linear time. So when they wanted to communicate with Bajor, they're like, oh, we should probably tell these guys. They didn't understand that when they sent them a message, they were sending it back to them 600 years before the event was supposed to happen because they had no concept of our linear timeline. Now, they live in this celestial temple that was an undiscovered wormhole in this place. So Cisco finds the wormhole and is the first big fuck off, dude. This is important. <laughs> I like, I like how you're watching my facial expression because you know I'm gonna do this. I go know. on, go on. So Cisco talks to the to and tries to explain to them linear time. He tries, and this is what's, this is what's brilliant about it. This is why, forgetting all the jokes. This is why I like it. Because one man's god is nothing more than another person's advanced species. But, but how do you, that, that's the question. How yes. do you want to look at it? Do you want to look at these as wormhole beings that we can't talk to unless they want to talk to us? Or are they gods? Do they live inside, they live inside of a wormhole, but there's no physical space of where they live. Do they live in the heavens or are they just a being that's I got, beyond I us? Same with the cube. I got one question for you. What does God need with a spaceship? Right, and they don't have one though. Yeah, but they, they don't. don't have one. They don't. And it's, it's, the same, it's, the same, it's the same premise with Q. Q is nothing more than a species that evolved to be able to have these godlike powers and are not gods. Yeah, they even, they even, even Q's are even not God. Yeah. So, and that that's good. And like you said, there's a lot of religious in this, and it's good because you have the Cardassians, right? The Cardassians. Yeah, the Cardassians, not the Kardashians. Not the Kardashians. Yeah, the Kardashians. The Kardashians is a whole other shitty species. They're literally like the slavers. They, sl they enslaved the. Uh, what am I? What I do? What I do? How do the I reference that you're missing, you plebe, is that the Kardashians are the Nazis and the. Well, I was getting to that, but then you made faces like a fuck dick. It was very like Jew, Nazi, right? So there's a lot of a lot of uh, innuendo there too, but the thing is, is they were they they more or less enslaved them on Deep Space Nine, which had another name. You remember the name? Turok Nor. Nor. There was two of there's two. Maybe there one. were two. Yeah, there were two, and uh, and these were like basically enslavement camps for them. Uh, but the whole time they're they're basically telling them, oh, we're doing you a favor. You're here. We're doing you a favor. Good job. Get to work. And that's pretty much what was going on. The Cardassians saw themselves as the superior race trying to help us this lowly race out by making them work for them. Well, who was the, who was the changeling? What was his name? Odo. Odo, thank you. Odo was literally... It's funny because Odo was literally one of the first... Uh, he was there when they, when, they were, when they were enslaved. And then he was still... It's not called enslaved. It was called the occupation. And it was very important. 
when they were occupied when they were in the middle of their occupation whatever the fuck you bitch Hitler would, Hitler would have liked that to have been called the occupation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> while while during the occupation, Odo was there, and he was also someone who like kept the peace. His name is Odo Etal, which yeah. literally translates to unknown specimen or unknown sample. Um, when they found out that he was intelligent, he came to being in the middle of this occupation. He was always, he's always been on Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine's Terra Kenora has always been his home. When they found out that he was sentient. He had this over-righteousness for justice. So they made him the peacekeeper on Terok Nor and were like, fine, you're going to be a beacon of hope and justice. And really it was the Cardassians' plan to show the Bajorans that, look, we're giving you something that's impartial so that you don't think that we're oppressively ruling you even though that we're oppressively ruling you. And, and, Odo did the, <laughs> and Odo did his best job trying to keep the peace and trying to judge... He saved actually. He saved a lot of Bajorans by by keeping the peace. He was like Schindler. Yeah, actually. Yeah, he was the Schindler of of of, of Deep Space Nine. If you want to, if you really want to, and that's the thing. If you really want to get into like the occupation, why were they occupying? And it was great because you you really get to see they were really good about writing the the political upheaval of something like this because there was. A lot of people on Cardassia, or on Cardassia, didn't believe in the occupation and were trying to free the Bajoran. And, but they were working with her in their own government. And then you get the Bajoran side of it where they're like, we're freedom fighters. And if you weren't trying to free us, then you were against us. And it's like, yeah. and you also get the, the writing of like, there's a great episode where- a lot of in the first, the, the next generation towards the yeah, end. Yeah, there's, there's a great episode about like, who is the bad guy? Right, because they, they, were, they were talking about this guy who was mutilated, kidnaps Major Kira. And he's kind of crazy, he kept talking about the light, the light, come into the light. Like he was a crazy, like, deformed guy. Come to find out, he was nothing more than a simple janitor. And he got bombed, and him and his wife and daughter got killed by the Bajorans. He wasn't in the military, he had nothing to do with the occupation. Just because he was Cardassian, these freedom fighters Killed him and his family. Well, tried to kill him. What I love about the series is that they have each one has very, a really cool character. Yeah, set of characters. Very intelligent, good writing where they show both sides because it is, man. Like it's very easy just to be like, oh, occupation bad, Bajoran freedom fighters good. But is it good when a freedom fighter kills an innocent family or blows up that another makes- planet because there's like twelve Cardassians and like a thousand other people? Yeah. It makes you step back and think of your own thing. Like, what would I do in those situations? What? If I've tried to fight for my own people's freedom, who would I hurt? And am I morally justified because I'm fighting for the freedom of my people to hurt an innocent person that had nothing to do with the military? Gene Roddenberry and the writers of Star Trek were very good about nobody's ever really evil, you know? Also, except for the this, Roddenberry died. Roddenberry passed away during the, the next generation. He did pass away during the next generation, but the writers that were his two closest friends stayed on for Deep Space Nine. Yes. As a matter of fact, they stayed on for Deep Space Nine. And fun fact, they left before Voyager started, and that's why Voyager's a piece of shit. Just real quick, Deep Space Nine was the first, the first uh, that that's actually put out where where they make a warship, a warship. Yeah, in the Gamma Quadrant. 
Yes. And again, another quadrant that we found out about. Well, throughout our history, there's been, there's been a bunch. There's been nothing but wars, you know, throughout our history. So, Roddenberry and all those all those writers continue to follow up on it. You got the stuff that related along to the Nazis and the and and the Jews and how the Jews were persecuted in World War II. It continues too. When I watch Deep Space Nine, the reason why I love it so much, I feel like it was Star Trek's warning never to forget, never to forget World War II. I feel is is very powerful message overall that good men given power can become bad men, and bad men with power can do terrible things. Well, in Deep Space Nine, what was the? Oh yes! <laughs> Ooh, that bitch! Yeah. Oh, uh, she was, um, Kai. Kai. Yeah, she was Grand Kai or some shit. Kai something. Kai Win. Kai Win, yes. Kai, Kai Win, I couldn't stand her. Oh, what a good villain. I hated that bitch. Oh, I wanted her to die. I never wanted somebody to be gutted more in my life. But that goes to her acting skills. That she that played does. that character Ball so well make you hate her that much. damn good with her. Yes, yes. You know? But she... She's a conniving piece of shit. If you look, I, I'm very good about saying if you like any, like, I, I can make an argument. You can make a devil's advocate to like any race in Star Trek, even the Cardassian. But if you like Kai Win, you are an evil person. You are <laughs> like, evil. You're dark to the soul. You're dark to the soul. Kai Win is the perfect example of when people use religion to manipulate the masses. And, and used religion to twist people for their own gain Fair and their own and self. Oh, she pisses me off. <laughs> I hate people like her. Fun Star Trek fact about relationships. Major Kira was pregnant during one of the seasons of Deep Space Nine, right? Uh-huh. The real-life husband of that, Dr. Bashir, they were married through the entire series. That's fucking cool. Was it Deep Space Nine and they did the remake of The Trouble with Tribbles? Mm-hmm. I loved that episode. That yeah. was probably one of my favorite episodes. I was watching the series just to get to that. And I think it was towards the end. It was great. That's where Warp, Jadzia Dax, Cisco, and Bashir went back in time. Yes. And they had to so, wear the old uniforms, you know, and, 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 look, and look the part. And they CGI'd Kirk and Spock into it. It was well. No, actually, a- they CGI'd them into the old, the old setup. The old. Yeah, movie. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they green screened them in, which was fucking great. Or it was just in in the interaction between them and how how like they saw the fight scene with the Klingons versus you know with in that bar. That was great because I think I think the I think where they found them was K seven. The uh, my favorite is when. My favorite is when they're sitting in the bar and those Klingons are about to start trouble. And then he's like, what Klingons? And they show the Klingons and they're like, they got goatee with the, the classic Klingons. And they're just, they're like, those guys, those are Klingons. Those are Klingons? Like, and they look at Worf. They're like, Worf, what the hell happened? He's like, we don't talk about it. You know, he's all mad. Yeah. We don't talk about it. He was very embarrassed. Because I guess very smooth embarrassed about that, that the, smooth, the smooth foreheads is an insult. Which leads us into Voyager. Well, let's talk about Voyager. Out of all of the Star Trek captains, I think we can all agree that Janeway is a piece of shit. I will actually respectfully disagree. 
I think that Janeway is powerful, strong, badass to the next level, like dead set in her mind. Her strength led her crew back to the Alpha Quadrant. No, it's just she had some really bad decisions. And some of them I understand because some of them were like, if I go, this planet is dead. You know, I understand that. But she wasn't willing to sacrifice her convictions for an easy fix. That is admirable. You know how many people bend and break in those conditions? True. Do your, would your convictions hold up in that situation? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Hers did. Her feet were put to the fire, and she did not break as a human being. That is a quality that you have to admire. In some of these instances, she could have got them home. And that, as a captain, that's her fucking job. So they Explain were tracking the Maquis. They were tracking the Maquis. Yeah. And the Maquis' bases are in the Badlands. Well, there's a section of the Badlands that's kind of like the Bermuda Triangle. People go missing. So they know yeah. it's a dangerous part of space. Yeah, they didn't have to do that. But it's like an urban legend. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. It wasn't an urban legend. They ended up in the fucking Delta Quadrant. Uh, it was a bad decision. I wouldn't have followed those fuckers in there. She had, to get, she had to save. Tuvok was undercover on the ship. She had to save him. Bye, bitches! You would just let a man die. You would let your best friend die. Me or like 200 or 300 more people, depending on how many people were on this ship. I can't remember. It was exactly 200 crew members. Oh, okay. Maybe, I, maybe that's what I was thinking. 200. Anyway, so they had 199 crew members. Well, 198, six depending on the, the few that were missing. I'd just been like, bye, bitches. You know, the, the needs of the few aren't as important as the needs of the many. You almost fucked that up. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't, did I? But you didn't. I'm disagreeing. I think she was a good captain, maybe, a little bit, but not necessarily a good character captain, but not necessarily the best. She made a lot of mistakes. And I understand that that's part of being being in a leadership position. But she made them all the time. All the time. I mean, yeah. I think Voyager was the worst. It's because of Jane. The reason why Voyager was the worst, the worst is, like I, like I said before, the original writers, Gene Roddenberry had long been passed by this point, and the original two writers that stood with Gene Roddenberry had left, and Hollywood had full control over Voyager. Well, let me ask you this. Knowing that you don't, uh, knowing that you don't care for Voyager as much as the other ones, you got to at least admit that some of the characters were good, and some of the writing for those characters, the Doctor in particular. The Doctor had a good series. The Doctor um, was their data, obviously. Yes, yes, and uh, and Belana Torres is a great character. Yes, Torres was a great, Tubox was a great character. Yes, he and was. Felix, Neelix and Tuvok's relationship was really good. And this is this is where you and I got into something a long time ago when we first started talking about how we're going to do the Star Trek. This is like episode. This is like season one stuff. There are sets of characters that go well together in in uh, in the Star Trek universe, and Tuvok and Neelix were one of those sets. Yes, I mean to the point where they even made them one person. Yeah. What was it? Uh, is that uh, Tuvix? Tuvix, I think. Yeah. Tuvix. No, was, was it? I think it was Tuvix or something along those lines. Yeah. Where they got where they got stuck in a transporter accident and they became one person. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. 
Oh, and, it, and they're literally, and you know, the thing is, is, and this is another thing you said, they couldn't stand each other, because Neelix is all about his emotion, and Tuvok is all about being Vulcan. But you know what? I will say this about Tuvok. He's a mind meld whore. Oh, God, yes. He mind melded like 20 times in that scene. His first answer to everything is, how do you want to solve this? Mind melt? Mind sex. It's my mind to your mind. <laughs> Your thoughts to my thoughts. Any problem, if it was a, if it was a mind problem, he was like, I'll mind meld with them. It's like, you whore, stop it. I know your deepest secrets. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But there was a great episode where they were selling, that one planet was selling fear and bad dreams. And he was like, you want dark thoughts? And he touched the guy and he was like, have them all. And like a dude just lost his fucking mind. That was fucking there's the, the horror of what a real Vulcan is. They even did that episode where Tuvok lost his emotion, his control. Because he couldn't do because he couldn't have that seven year sex fest. That seven year sex fest. What'd you but call yeah, it? So, what what's the name of it? The, the, the what? The Mokhtar, right? Pon Far. Oh Pon Far. He fucked that up this time. The Pon Far. The Mokhtar is after the sex fest. That's what they The Mokhtar is after it. That's when you eat a bunch of food. That's an aggressive nut. I actually remember um, there was used to be a, a local television show we, back when we only used to get like three channels here, okay. and it was called the Nancy Allen Afternoon Movie Channel, and they actually had she actually had Shatner and uh, Shatner, and, Shatner Nimoy. and Nimoy. They showed up to to talk to this lady, and they were in their, in their uniforms. Yeah, and Spock even had his ears on and everything. And they were, and she she was questioning him about his about Spock's love life, and they started talking about it was going to be the next season Pond and far. and uh, what was going to happen. And he was it was going to explain that he was married and this and that. They had a a local interview with Shatner and the, and, and Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. That's cool. Let's not forget the duality, because we talked before I talk about with Spock. He's half human. Sarah. He was very big on impressing Daddy. Yep. And Daddy was never impressed. In fact, uh, his first memory that you see when you know in the movie, when he comes back, is his dad basically takes this away. Human. Yeah. Human. Take this away. I don't want to see this fucking thing. You know. And uh, and it, 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 I think that that fucked with him. You know. Well, yeah. What's crazy too is Sarek and Picard were really good friends. Yes. Yeah, yeah, especially with the, the episode where he starts getting that like old old time old Alzheimer's kind of the Vulcan version of it. it was sad because he was proud of his son and gave some of his thoughts to Picard, if I remember correctly. Yes. So he could pass. Them so on. he could pass them on to Spock. Yeah. Should well, we miss? That, but I was going to suggest that later on. This is like an overarching Star Trek. We gotta do episodes individual about each individual series. Oh, we might, we might do that, but we we might, we we'll have to. But anyway, uh, so so you got Voyager, who you know, and then and then later on you get Seven of Nine, who's half Borg, and it's another Borg survivor. Come on, or half Borg? She's Borg, but she's a Borg survivor, and they, and you get to see kind of like you were saying, you get to see that that disconnection from being bored and you can see that that loneliness and there's a there's an episode where she's drunk you remember that and i think she's like hitting on neelix yeah 
And it's fucking hilarious. She's drunk. A Borg is drunk, and she's like talking about interfacing with him or something. And I'm just like, well, did she really just so fucking would you like say to that? interface? I'm like, <laughs> as a Borg, this is my question to you, Gambit. As a Borg, if you were to interface with her, would we get shocked? Why am I the Borg? You're the Borg fucking friendly guy. So I'm asking you, would we get? I'm at. Would you? Do you? I'm asking your opinion. You don't have to tell me for a fact or not. Do you would think you we lose one of those weird appendage things that? Yeah. Do you have to like fuck her with a, <laughs> like a fucking laser eye and fucking thing? Yeah. Go <laughs> go like wrist deep. Angry duck then close fist. Oh. <laughs> Give it a spocker. Ram it home. <laughs> Fist bump her uterus. <laughs> Hashtag but uh, yeah, Voyager. No. Voyager. Voyager. Um, Voyager to me is like episode two of Star Wars. It it you have to chew through a lot of bullshit to get to the good to get to the good stuff. So when it comes to Star Trek, all of them, I don't care what series you're talking about. Time episodes, paradox episodes, and the death of a clone episodes are throwaway episodes. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. If, so there's a lot, there's episodes where like, I go back in time, I do this thing, da, 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 but then the guy dies. Oh, well, they're surprised somehow they bring him back, but none of that stuff ever happened. They're filler episodes. Like you're talking about like in the next generation where you meet the, the second Riker. Yes. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Voyager is the biggest user of those episodes. There is. I did the math. This is how nerdy I am. I did the math. Throwaway episodes like this, the kind that I'm describing, that literally have no point. There's no character development. There's no, it's not progressing an overarching storyline. It is literally just filler bullshit. It has a... Uh, 55 of those. Out of how many? Well, seven seasons, 26 episodes per season. From that comes out to 182 episodes. You know? That makes sense. So 33% is just fucking It's just shit you can skip. It's literally just two full seasons. It's just shit that don't matter. I'll give but the good team. episodes were really good. And on top of that, I Oops. loved, I shipped that relationship so hard between Belana Torres and Tom Paris. Well, yes, and Paris was a good, a good, a good character. Um, yeah, he's a great character. The episodes where they're in the holodeck and he's doing all these, like, old-style, old-style, um, you know, comic books and, TV yeah, shows. really good was, shit. I liked, I liked that, uh... Ensign Kim never became anything more than Ensign Kim. He's the yeah. Ensign the entire time. Yeah. Goes from there. But so okay, we'll, 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 we we talked about Voyager as much as we can. I think uh, there's there's Voyager's okay. It's it's the good episodes are really good. The bad episodes are plentiful. Um, but so next would be Enterprise. Enterprise. And Enterprise, I think, was amazing. You know, you have Archer as the captain. Huh? I've only watched about seven episodes. Okay, well, it explains a lot. There's a there's an episode where they talk about how they're doing going to do the alarm system, you know, red alert and all that. And then right. and the one of the guys is I forget which the character is, but I think it's the uh, the the security officer at the time. 
he's he's basically doing like ideas like what do you think about this and it's like this horrible fucking sound and then one of them's like burp burp you know the original and then another one's like uh, like a weird beeping sound and he's like which one sounds better he says we'll get back to that you know something like that and uh no, and that's, and that's what I've heard. I've heard, it, I've heard Enterprise explains and fills in a lot of gaps. A lot of gaps, and, and literally, it's, it's even more frontierier than you know, than uh, than you know the first the, the original series. And I've been meaning to watch it. I just I just been like I said, I've been watching everything in chronological order, and I'm stuck on Voyager. In like the, the I'm, I'm in the last season. I'm on episode like 13, and I just can't. The see last the season, there's maybe maybe three good episodes. I hate to say. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard. I'm on a space race episode. And it's just like God. Yeah, they go back. But yeah, so so Enterprise gets good. It explains a lot, and there's there's even and the problem with Enterprise though is there's a lot of time travel. In the long run. There's a lot of time travel. Mm-hmm. We're on we're we're on Enterprise. Enterprise gets pretty good. I'm not going to give it too many spoilers because Gambit hasn't seen it. It gets good. It explains Enterprise a lot. Wasn't too bad. Did it you watch a, all of Enterprise? I watched most of it. Okay. Archer was good. It was kind of cool to see. It was a beagle on the ship. It was his his dog. Yeah. His dog. Yeah. It's a good show. I honestly I would start with Enterprise and go from the original series and just do it from just do it chronologically. Like how it's supposed to be chronologically, not how it was made. Let's get, let's get to Discovery. And I haven't seen too much Discovery. I've seen enough. I've seen none of it, so. Well, I know you're excited to hear about what Gambit has to say I'm about Discovery. I'm excited to hear what both of you guys have said already. Makes so me all excited. Gambit, give us give us your rundown. Don't don't hold back. You've talked about it. You did a review on Discovery, and it was pretty bad. But let's, terrible let's, writing, terrible cast, terrible crew. Everything about it is a giant ball of fucking shit. Like it's like if shit ate shit and then shit out more shit. It's just, it's just shit. It's so horrible. I can't. There's nothing redeeming. There's nothing good about this series. The Klingons look so fucking stupid. Star Trek, like normally, Star Trek is about the crew and the ship. This has nothing to do with any of that. It's about this one narcissistic person who, oh my God. And so wait, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why did this ship spin instead of go warp speed? I don't know. And the Klingons don't even look like fucking Klingons. Nope. They don't act like Klingons either. They don't act like Klingons. They don't look like Klingons. It is. Okay. And as far as the, uh, as far as the evolution, which is this supposed to be? After everything, or is this supposed to be where where in the evolution of the Star Trek yeah, stuff we're, we're, is this is this at? Know, it's so it's a prequel to Star Trek set ten years before the adventures of Kirk and Spock. Ten years before, which doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> I'm glad we asked him this. Like that before ten years, ten years. Oh, oh my God, I'm so mad. He's having a gambit aneurysm. Like, no, seriously, no. Gambitism. Because Enterprise is set years before before Star Trek, the original series, right? Yes, right? yes. So, okay, years before. So you have the Klingons that look one way, then 10 years, 10 simple years before the original Voyager, the Klingons turn from what we know to this shit species to almost humans. It's years! <laughs> it doesn't make sense! 
I'll have to check it so, out. Please well, you, that's the episode. that's the thing. You can't watch it on regular television. Really? That's another thing. Where's it? Where's it at on Netflix? What's it on? Damn it! It's on CBS's bullshit. Whatever CBS's like online thing is called. Oh. All access. CBS is all access. Oh, that's gonna last a long time. It's. Oh, I got a headache now. My head hurts from yelling. <laughs> but it's so bad. Like it's so bad. It's so let's give let's give the series the series so far all the series a rating, starting with okay. starting with what you know of of Enterprise, one to ten. Uh, starting from what the seven seven episodes I've watched. I said, what do you know? Yes. Yeah, because like, like I said, I know about the the, the Klingon episode because I watched my friend told me about it. And I was like, I gotta watch this episode. Yes, you got You can give it. You can give it a full rating once you watched it. But for now, what do you give it? Okay, on the next on the next ga- ask Gambit section, I'll do a full rating. Okay, but for now, the, what I know about it, I give it a five. It's got a seven from me. What about you, Sofisto? Seven would be fair. Seven. Okay, so. So the original series, we'll start with Sofista this time. Sofista, what would you give the original series? Ten. Ten? I'd give it an eight. I'll split the difference and give it a nine. Okay. It's good. That, that's good considering you're not, like, gay for the original series. But that's, that's good. So the next generation, we'll start with Gambit. Ten. I'll give the, I'll give the next generation a ten. What about you, Sofista? Eight. An eight? Okay. So then next would be DS9. Uh, Ten. Six. I can't even vote because I don't think I've watched enough of it. I got a six. He, he can't vote. I give it a six. So then Voyager. Same thing. Can't He can't vote. Four. <laughs> think of the good episodes. Four. <laughs> I'll give it a six. You hit a four. So Voyager and finally... Discovery. A negative 6,432 and a half. I gave it like an inverted boner. <laughs> yeah. Like, the inverted I give it the experience boner. of a rain of Bobby. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an inverted boner. It's, it's literally... Wow, like give it a rain of Bobby. A mangina. A rain of But yeah, okay. I think with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and uh, finish this episode out. We're going to... It's going to be a... Four-month hiatus, I think. We're coming back in February. Just because we're taking a hiatus, like I've said before, doesn't mean we're not going to be doing anything. We're just taking a break so we can think of more stuff to put on the podcast. I got some big ideas for Ask Gambit section and do some different things with it to make it fun and more interactive with you guys because I want to interact with you guys so much. It's a lot of fun. Um, And that's it for me. Oh, and Twitch uh, in 10 days, 9 days? 9 days. Nine days, Call of Duty comes out. And I will be playing the fuck out of that on our Twitch stream. So ten days, nine days from today, or ten days from a week ago? Or nine what? days from today. From today, okay. When we're recording this. Yeah. So I believe it comes out the ten. Okay. Then, so by the time this comes out, he'll be playing Call of Duty quite a bit. So expect some Twitch, uh, some Twitch, Twitchening. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong Twitch. That's what I look like. That's what I look like while I'm playing. <laughs> a lot more obscenities. Fuck, fuck, shit, fuck. <laughs> expect some Twitch goodness from Gambit in the future. Uh, expect some live streams from myself on Facebook and uh, and uh, Twitch. So, with that, everyone, we want you to stay nerdy. 
Stay sexy. Always. Peace! Beam us up, Scotty.